Hey everybody, this is Bill from the Sit Rep Podcast. In today's show, Marty will be bringing you the latest and greatest in wargaming news. Jim will talk about this weekend's conflict that he'll be gaming on Sunday. Also, we'll talk about solo wargaming and what are your options. And last but not least, we have a special guest in the studio today. All that and more on the Sit Rep Podcast. Stand by as we go live in three, two, one. You are listening to the Citrep Podcast, your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it. Hey everybody, this is Bill and you are listening to the Citrep Podcast, where we come to you every other weekend. And it is a big holiday weekend here in the U.S. of A. It is Labor Day weekend. It's where we celebrate those who roll up their sleeves, put their nose to the grindstone, and make do what they do to make this country great. Couldn't get those words out right. And we have a full-packed house today. We have uh, Mr. Wimmer, a.k.a. Manhole. Sir, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> And also joining us here in the great Midwest is our news slash project, our lackey, uh, man of all trades. Mr. Marty, how are you, sir? Good morning, everyone. How are you? Rocking it. And there in sunny Florida, after taking the wagon train Pony Express stagecoach back from the old Wild West, is our historical guru, Mr. Jim Mariscani. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Hello, everybody. And in studio, all the way up from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, or the suburbs thereof, is my eldest, Jesse. How are you, sir? Good morning, everyone. And this is Bill, as I said, and this is the Sit Rep Podcast crew. And as always, tradition is, is that we do a little bit of hobby catch-up, and I'm going to actually let Marty go off first because you actually did some hobbying on Wednesday night. Marty. It's just another wrestling match with a mute button. Oh. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> yeah, so when Your name's Wednesday Marty. Night, uh, thank you. Uh, Wednesday night we did uh, uh, live stream and we worked on uh, the uh, north wall, the artillery emplacement for mm-hmm. the Alamo. Uh, so that project is still moving along. Uh, there's bunch of it that's built and uh i don't know half ish left to left to build so we've got that as well as uh uh i've been working on uh some of my little dudes that i got from chris long so i've got my taliban insurgent guys uh it's like all of the machine gunners and ied dudes and whatnot and wait a minute marty what is the name of the website for those miniatures Hold on, it is uh, Modern Mini 3D. There you go, yay! Yeah. He finally got it right! Yes. yes, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please, hold your applause <laughs> to the end. <laughs> so, uh, I've got a, 
don't know, squad seven or eight of those guys, uh, almost done. Uh, I got to do some highlights and some basing on them. They'll be done. Uh, in not modern stuff, uh, I painted up uh, Winter Child from uh, Dust 1947 for Chris because uh-huh. he had a specific uh, paint scheme that he wanted for that guy. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, hold on. Did I hear you correctly? You painted it for Chris? Yeah. Well, not necessarily for me because that's not my army. It is yeah. for us in the studio uh, or a standby army. I see. All right. Continue. Yeah, which is why I didn't. Which is why I didn't jack it all up. <laughs> uh, and it actually it turned out pretty good. I uh, I put the the final uh, 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 varnish on him last night. So all right, looks good. Pretty happy. Pretty happy with how how he turned out. Okay. Based up the whole nine yards. Done and done. Perfect. Done and dusted even. Oh, get it. That's my two four seven. See what I did there? <laughs> and then uh uh I've got uh I've got one of the old uh uh Spectre uh covert, you know, special little drops uh kits from last year. Uh-huh. So I've been slowly working away on those dudes too. So I now have a female PMC uh that's got the uh, I put her in uh, blue jeans because she's got like she didn't have like military pants on, so I'm like, okay, those look like blue jeans. So, right. uh, pa- painting denim uh, can kind of be a challenge for me, but I think that turned out pretty good. I'm happy with it. So, yeah, awesome. So, got a got a got a little bit done uh, this week. Sounds like it. Well done. Well done. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chris. You're up. Well, um, since I don't really have. You there? Hello. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you are. Okay. Again, wrestling with mute button. So uh, I don't really have the same skill set as Marty. I don't really. Uh, I'm not good at painting and stuff like that. But so I go with what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Sinus is affecting up. Yeah, you're a doctor about that. <laughs> so uh, I go with what I'm good with, and uh, I supported Marty with his. Uh, video on Wednesday uh-huh. and uh, working on getting the studio in better shape and getting some of the other uh, devices uh, operational, the 3D printer and stuff. Nice. Yep. Getting the skunk works running. Woo. And then, uh, did, Chris, did you want to tell them about the project that you've got going? Uh, a project? Yeah. Uh, we are putting in a uh, laser cutter and graver. What? Or, Yep. Building it from scratch. Oh, God. Uh-huh. You know what this means. Everybody kiss your ass goodbye because they're going to open some time warp continuum and some black hole's going to suck us all into it. And that'll be Freaking all she Freaking laser wrote. beans. <laughs> yeah. So we were going to go with the small one, and then we went... Uh, Wait, you, know, you guys the, never go the, with the small one. Why are you even right. saying that? I said we were, <laughs> meaning you know that we didn't. I was going to say, so, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> Right. So, you know, we were a fan of tool time growing up and, you oh, know, God. you always have to uh, you know, make some more power. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're going for the uh, Benford 9000 model. All right. So when everybody sees their power lights go out and they have to hit that switch like in Christmas vacation, you'll know why. <laughs> yep. Ah, well, all right, sir, Jim, I know it's been a very hectic week for you, but. 
as the consummate professional that you are, I know you got something in the works. What's going on, sir? Um, yeah, so uh, before I had to go out of town for a little bit, uh, we did some hobby uh, live stream. We uh, mm-hmm. built some chain link fences. Yes, sir. Um, which is not that big a deal, but it's a it's a in fact that was kind of the point is that it's not that big of a deal. It's a uh, a quick and easy way you can use to modernize your tables. So if you have a bunch of World War II terrain, especially urban terrain, buildings, bridges, uh, roads, things like that, which let's face it, a lot of us do. And we're looking to expand into modern. So that's kind of what SITREP, uh, the podcast, is all about. Um, chain link fence is a great thing to – it's a quick and easy way to uh, add some scattered terrain almost that makes your table look a little bit more modern. Yeah. So we built, um, I don't know, about 18 inches of that at 15 millimeter, 15 slash 20 millimeter, um, live on camera. That was, you know, pretty cool. And, um, yeah. Uh, later today, we'll be finishing up that uh, American Revolution War game that's been sitting in my dining room since literally before July 4th. Oh, nice. Uh, we, ran, we ran that game for the July 4th stream, or for, for July 4th content, and it's been sitting there ever since. So I finally got to finish that up before I can move on to anything else, because the dining room is pretty much my hobby area. And it's been kind of clogging up my, my hobby pipeline Um you know, ever since it's been sitting there. So I got, I don't yeah. I don't want to just take it down. I want to finish it up. Cool. And we're working on what's probably going to be our last section of our uh, little uh, Red Dragon 2028 series, um, where we've been imagining a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So we've done ground combat. We've done air combat. Tomorrow, it looks like we're going to be doing some naval combat uh, with Rory Crab's Naval Command. Sweet. And we're going to see if Seventh uh, Fleet can shut down uh, some of these Chinese beachheads that have been established. Theoretical, obviously, Chinese beachheads that have been set up on these uh, Taiwan uh, bridgeheads. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes, and we'll you know probably wrap that up. So are you going to be bringing out the BBs out of mothballs to help bombard? No. Oh, come no, on! No, no, <laughs> The really real world, no, those things are never coming back. Oh, they were don't say away. that. They were around way too long as it is. I, mean, I love battleships as much as the next guy. I probably love battleships more than the next guy, but it's it's a new day. Come on. Oh, man. That's terrible. That's very sad. Well, uh, very I, I still disagree with you. What's that? You know, after being on the Missouri once, yeah. it, that's an incredible. Oh, I, I, it, it's awe-inspiring, but in how will it survive in today's world is really what it comes down to. You know, yeah, but it shoots some really big artillery. That it do, that it do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, looking forward to that, Jim. Uh, it's it it's nice to see, you know, covering all aspects of modern warfare, whether it's ground or air or sea, right? So it, it's nice that you're yeah. able to incorporate it all. So, yeah, we're we're gonna we're we're, dobbing, we're definitely gonna try and do all three, which you know we've already done two. We're just gonna knock out one more and then probably wrap it up. Yeah. But at least, um, kind of what I was thinking of was, I mean. When it comes to modern warfare, there's okay. You can do what's really happening, which let's face it, is almost all in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, I say almost, or you can do the theoretical thing. Which come on, enough of Team Yankee already. I mean, how many times is Soviet Union going to not invade West Germany? <laughs> um, it's, Great, there it's goes never, three of my news stories. Thanks, Jim. Oh well. <laughs> Um, now I've been reading a lot. Now this might be our next thing. Um, where the so I say so, it's where the Russians might actually pull some, um, you know, try to get cute. 
Uh, we've already done. Oh God, we've already done Ukraine at least three times. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're probably not going to do that again. But another area that might get crazy um, is in the Baltics. Really? Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. You got to remember that the Russians have that uh, that Kaliningrad or, or Königsberg, whatever however you want to call it, um, that little enclave right there on the Baltic coast between you know where Poland kind of starts to pull up toward the uh, southern border of Lithuania. The, so, the Russians still have a little enclave there that was part of the agreement when the wall came down um, to ensure that they have you know, naval access to the Baltic Sea. Yeah. So there's already like a core of Russian troops behind NATO lines because Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia are now NATO countries. And there are 70,000 Russian troops. I can't remember how many, you know, SU-27 uh, squadrons, naval bases, little Russian cruisers and destroyers already behind NATO lines, again, in that little enclave along the Polish coast. And, um, if something gets crazy over there and something really jumps off, those countries, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, are now NATO states. They're going to invoke, you know, Article 5 of the NATO Charter, and the whole thing could go up uh, sure. from there. So, yeah, I mean, it's we, we've done all the basic stuff. And what this ties back in with uh, Red Dragon 2028 is, you know, let's, let's look at some different areas um, besides just, you know, West Germany again, Afghanistan, Iraq. I mean, we, we did the Gulf War to death uh, earlier this year. Um, yeah, let's, the next big enemy might not be the Russians. I know they're everyone's favorite bad guys since 1945. Um, let's, let's not forget the Chinese. That, that could really be the next big problem yeah. uh, for us going forward in the 21st century. So we actually, got a couple things. We, go ahead. Uh, actually, I, I would see them doing stuff at the same time, thinking that uh, – People can't respond in both places at the same time. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. And don't forget, uh, you got Belarus, which goes all the way up to Poland, and they're a vassal state of Russia. To a varying degree, it depends on the political climate in there. Right now, it's not looking too good for us. Uh, I'll definitely admit that. Um, But yeah, well, uh, there's there's definitely a lot of trouble spots that we could look at besides. You know, the classic places that we've been, you know, that a lot of you know, modern places, a lot of modern wargaming tends to look at. Uh, there are others besides the usual suspects. That was part of the idea behind Red Dragon. I know it's not a terribly original concept. It's not really a terribly original name even. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. And, yeah, we've got one more session for it tomorrow, and then uh, we'll see where we go from there. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Jess, I don't know. Have you had any uh, hobbying? I know your hands are full with two little rugrats, but, you know. My my grandkids, but you know I can call them regrets. I earned that right. So uh, <clears throat> no, I haven't really been keeping up with much, uh, especially not modern wargaming. Yeah, I, I have been looking into a group on Patreon. That's Unit Nine, I believe. They're more of like a cyberpunk warfare, kind of like a kind of like Warhammer rules. They haven't actually come out with a full rule book yet, but they're still making the units. Other than that, I haven't keep caught up with anything modern gotcha all right well uh as for me um this has been i as i've said before extremely busy time for me at work um you know very long days uh i as of today i change roles at the hospital i work at i am no longer managing an inpatient unit uh starting on monday well not monday but when i go back on wednesday I will now be managing an outpatient clinic, um, so that means I should have a more, quote-unquote, normal 
life, if you will. Uh, regular hours and stuff. Like regular hours and things, yeah. So, okay, uh, maybe regular hours, but Bill, we've known you for a very long time. You have never had a normal, normal life. No, never. Uh, normal is, you know, for me would be like dead and buried, and it's you know, underrated. Yeah, it's underrated. So now, we're not judging because we've been friends for a very long time, and you know, you're still our lives there. have not been normal. Yeah, yeah, we're not normal either. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to getting some hobbying done um, because I'm looking at my project shelf. I mean, one of my multiple project shelves, and um, I think in uh, honor of um, I don't know what your anniversary this would be, Jim. You probably can do the math in your head much faster than I can. Korean War. Um, cause this is 2021 Korean war for us was 51 through 53. So, um, I am going to finish my mash unit from warlord games. Um, so oh, cool. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do a video. Uh, I'll probably do, a, um, I don't know if I'll do a recording or if I'll just do those live on uh, a Wednesday night. So I, I want to finish those guys up and get those done. And then, uh, I have some terrain. I want to finish building from, uh, impudent mortal, uh, edition one. Uh, we'll talk about that, Marty. I'm assuming you have that in your news today. If not, we can talk about it. I I, I do have it as a news item. All right, we can talk about edition two of Impudent Mortal. Um, and then um, I have some uh, Courage and Contact White Dragon miniatures. Uh, a lot of Taliban guys. Um, I don't know. Are Taliban now blasé? Because you know, we we all ran away. I mean, I I don't know how else to put it. To be honest with you. Um, uh, not I, by choice. I, I not feel by motivated choice. to murder even more of them, to be honest. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Paint them up. Let's go. Yeah. So, but. Actually, with having all of our equipment and uh, clothes and everything, they look like us now. So all of our guys are, you know, <sighs> throw something on top. <laughs> right. So, but the, the bigger um, project for me is I still got to get all these American Civil War guys done. I want to have a battle. So. Um, and now that I'll have a little bit more time, you know, maybe I'll have a painting party and we'll just get everybody together and we'll just paint these guys up and get them on the table. So that's it for me for project. So Marty, I have not made your intro yet. I'm sorry. I haven't had the time. Um, Uh, it's okay. I have faith. All right. I am sure that something appropriately inappropriate will at some time in the future appear. What? Yeah, probably. Well, don't let me down. I won't. I'm I'm expecting that. All right. So it is news time with Marty. Sir, take it away. All right. So first up is for those of you that are doing Navy battles, Foreground is adding to its stock of stuff. I didn't even know Foreground did this until I came across it. Yes, But they – they're adding uh, Lu Admiral Miniature Game. Uh, they're adding to it, uh, and uh, they're adding with the Japanese Imperial Navy with uh, a bunch of 1 over 1850 scale warships. Yeah. And they, they look pretty detailed from what I can tell. So It'll be interesting to see because they're MDF. So, uh, yeah. You know. I, I, I was kind of blown away when I, when yeah. I saw them. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, but they've got yeah, they're doing camp. they're doing one. I mean, I have I have quite a fleet actually. I have the uh, IGN Yamato. I have a couple of battleships. I've got anyway. I've got a bunch of Pacific War stuff in one to eighteen hundred, and some of it's pretty cool. Some of the battleship turrets even turn. But MDF, yeah, yeah, 
they've got an aircraft carrier. Uh, they got a battleship. Uh, they've got some uh, some smaller boats here. I can't tell what all, what all those are, but well, yeah, probably use cruisers or destroyers. Yeah. Um, did this doesn't say the name of the carrier? Uh, let me see here. Akage, Kage, Hiryu, Siryu, Soryu, Zuakaku, one of the best. Uh, it says they have uh, created the Akagi and Fusu. Yep, Fusu was one of their old World War One battleships yep. that they extended, and Akagi was Red Castle. That is the uh, that is the flagship. Yeah, the flagship yep. of the Big Six of the. Uh, it is MDF, right, Marty? Looking at it, because I mean, I looked at the picture and it was, you know, it's not a big, you know, it's not like zoomed in, so. And, you, you know, know four, me, that's what foreground does is MDF. So I'm assuming it's an MDF. Right. Let me, uh, that surprises me. MDF does terrible in water. I mean, it's just terrible. Okay. Dork. Uh, <laughs> they, come, they come for the news. They stay for the comedy. That, that's right. Okay. So, so I flipped over to their, let's do this. Uh, I flipped over to their webpage. Let me see what I can find. Where's the, uh, Wow, they got a lot of stuff. Uh, it's all German stuff. Where is the, where's the new Japanese stuff at? Why does uh, everybody do that? Well, here, let me just. Well, hey, I'm whenever, whenever they start is, off a big naval line, they go right to the Atlantic. We're like nothing happened. Nope. <laughs> nope these these are all MDF. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. We're gonna have to try and get our hands. I'll reach out to Big Ben and go, Hey Ben, buddy, pal. How about uh, sending us a sample and we can review it for you? Because I'd be interested to see what it, you know, because typically yeah, with MDF projects, got... you know, especially in smaller scale, you're just stacking cut piece on cut piece to get your dimension instead of a 3D. You know what I mean? Jim, you know what I'm talking yep, about, right. right? You know? Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, it'd be interesting to see how they approach this in MDF territory. I mean, they've yeah, been so they... groundbreaking, you know, in the terrain since I can remember, you know, Way back in the yep. early days of um, drop zone stuff, when they did terrain for drop zone back in the day, and then uh, you know World War Two stuff, you know, with pre-colored and layered and all this stuff. So um, it'll be right. interesting to see. So, well, that's interesting. All right. So, yeah. to be honest, to be honest, the carriers I could see an MD. I'm not a big MDF expert, but a carrier in MDF I don't think would be too hard. I'm sure. surprised. I mean, I know what the Fuso looks like. That that's a big pagoda mast. I mean, that would be kind of tough. Yeah, well, to, that's scale in MDF. So look sure. at their webpage. They've got uh, an entire German fleet, essentially, and an entire British fleet. I mean, they've got O-class destroyers. They've got the uh, HMS Norfolk, HMS Hood, HMS Gloucester. Uh, they've got the the Ark Royal carrier, uh, Prince of Wales battleship. Well, that won't end well. I mean, they yeah. they they've got a a bunch of it, and then for the Germans, they've got destroyers, light cruisers, uh, heavy cruisers, battle cruisers. Yeah, uh, you know, so that's I mean, gonna be, uh, that's going to be hipper class heavy cruisers. That's going to be um, I can't remember what their light cruisers were. Battle cruisers are going to be Sharnorse and Nisenau, and then their battleships, Turpitz yep. and Bismarck. Yep. That's literally their whole navy. I don't know why. I mean, that's I guess they know where their markets are. But you compare, like, outside of anti-submarine operations, you compare naval action in the Atlantic to naval action in the Pacific, and it's like yeah, it's literally one percent. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. Um, still, every, everybody goes to the Atlantic first. That always kind of bugs me. Because I mean, yeah, well, if you look you know, at the Trippets and the Bismarck, did literally nothing. You know, they they're fa more famous for being sunk or attacked than actually combat. Yeah. So 
And um, I, you read almost any history book. The the Bismarck was the world's most powerful battleship when she launched. Really? Have you not heard of the North Carolina? Have you not heard of the right? Washington? Have you not heard of the Yamato, which could break the Bismarck in half over its knee without breaking us? Come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but that's that's that whole thing where I think because of where people like to play war games, like what countries the market is big in and what country yeah. it's not or what countries it's not, Yeah. Uh, there's a big big bias toward anything Atlantic and toward anything British. And well, you see that in a lot of war games and you definitely see it in naval games. Well, when you, yeah, when you think about the, uh, you know, the, uh, where, the, where the market is, you know, people like to play the home team. Right. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, mean, I get it. I get it. It's just, you know, yeah. I mean, from well, a historical and, standpoint, there's more options if you're talking the Pacific War versus the Battle of the North Atlantic, right? For, uh, from a historical standpoint or from yeah. an American standpoint. Yeah. I mean, in the Pacific, America is the home team. Yeah. But I guess more people play this stuff in Great Britain, which I get it. It's cool. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you're, 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 yep. But you know what? I'm not going to discount Big Ben and the foreground team just yet because you, know oh, no. yeah, you know they'll be coming out with it, you know. Uh, the battleships yeah, I mean, they, and the carriers. Started, yeah. And, yeah, they've got so. uh, they've got Akagi. Akagi is the most important carrier in the Japanese Navy. If, if they, yeah, if they if they've added the the Japanese to the line, the Japanese have to fight against somebody, right? So we know what's coming next. Yeah, yeah, yep. it'll be cool. Okay, yeah. yeah, it'll be cool. So, um, and, and, yeah. hold on. And there's also the the whole what if aspect. What if the uh, Yamamoto went up against the uh, um. The Bismarck, you know, there's yeah, very, that, very, that would be very, yeah, but they were allies. Very, so. very well, short battle. It's yeah. just you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It, it's take it, take, take the Bismarck what against if? the Mo or you know the New Jersey yeah. or whatever. I don't very, know. Very, 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 very short battle. <laughs> Bismarck was not maybe, all that. Not only that. So where's this company out of? England, Great Britain. Yeah. Okay. Right England, so yeah. also, you're gonna game. You're gonna start with stuff that you know better. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 we're and, not criticizing yeah. saying, you know, they shouldn't have done this or anything. I think Jim's point is, is that when you look oh, at no, the, this, yeah. the historical this, this standpoint. Is, this is an industry thing. Yeah. Everyone does yeah. this. Yeah. Warlord Games did this um, yeah. with their one day. I mean, everyone does this. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's not a criticism about but, what they're doing. It's just saying when you, from a player's point of view, if you want to, you know, have a broader brush to play with, you would go war Pacific versus the North Atlantic because the North Atlantic, it was convoy escorts and a couple of small North Atlantic battles. And then really, yeah, like no. I said before, the Bismarck and the Trippets, they, they were literally famous for getting attacked and sunk, you know, or scuttled. Right. So, I mean, at least the Bismarck yep. put to sea. Uh, yeah. Trippets never made it out of yeah, harbor. Right. Right. If you add up all the naval action, all the actual surface fleet action that took place in the Atlantic, you come up with like, nine hours in all of world war two yeah and here's a here's the thing that never gets brought up we're sitting here griping and bitching and moaning about the pacific how about the mediterranean there was actually probably more surface combat in the mediterranean than there was in the in, in the atlantic maybe they're kind of merging the two but if you're going to bring the mediterranean into it you need to come out with some italian ships everyone makes fun of the italians in world war ii their navy was pretty awesome yeah. they gave the british a hard time so there really take did. that <laughs> for all you fuckers who Made fun of me in high school with the Italian rifle. Take that. Hey, the, the, Italian, the Italians basically invented the Navy SEALs when they had like two guys on like those James Bond, like one man submarines or whatever. They snuck into Alexandria Harbor. They put a bunch of hand placed 
bombs and mines on the British fleet in the Alexandria Harbor. They sank half the British Navy in the Mediterranean in like a nighttime raid. Ooh, Everyone talked about cool that there. Play that'd be a game. Yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. a scenario. Cool. Like a battleship and two cruisers or something. They, Somebody I mean, write that down so we don't forget. <laughs> Alexandria Raid. Alexandria Raid, Italian, like, I guess they called them frogmen or something like that, but it's it's almost like what you think of them, the kind of stuff you'd see the Navy SEALs do nowadays. Cool. Sure. All right. Look at that. See, we learn something new every day. That's what we strive for here on the Sit Rep Podcast, to make sure your knowledge is expanded. All right, what else right. you got in the All news, right. sir? So moving on to the next item. Uh, a company that I was not familiar with, although many of you may be, mm-hmm. is uh, Red Three Miniatures out of the the UK, and uh, they uh, I saw blurb. I don't uh, I don't know one of the forums I was looking at uh, uh, that they had some new releases. To be exact, and I don't know how how long these have been up, but they're listed as new releases. There's 46 of them, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. So they make 10 millimeter scale uh, nice. stuff because they make ev- they make everything, uh-huh. uh, and primarily it is uh, uh, Cold War stuff. 1945 to 1991 okay. uh, is kind of their their sweet spot. Uh-huh. But they've got stuff for the Arab states, uh, for the uh, Soviet Union, uh, for you know the Eastern Bloc, for the Soviets themselves, for Britain, for the U.S. So you said this is 10 uh, mil scale? It is. So it'll it go is. perfect with North Hag. Right. Nice. And I'm, you know, and I was going to, I was going to go over the stuff, but I mean, literally there's 46 items. So if you need a 120 <laughs> millimeter, uh, uh, howitzer, they've got one. You need an Egyptian supply cart. They've got one. Uh, you want, uh, you want like three different, uh, variations of, uh, a centurion tank. They've got it. I was, gonna, I was just about to ask about that. Even if they yeah. don't have anything Israeli, you can buy American M48s and British Centurions, and you can make your own Israelis. So, the, oddly enough, they do have Israel. They've oh, got they do a, have them. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me scroll down here. So they've got a they've got a Israeli uh, M109 self-propelled gun. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So like really like modern. It. Yeah. Well, it's it it's, it is the 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 M109. It's not an A anything. Oh, so it's, it's no one of the, yeah, it's, it's one of the older ones. But uh, uh, you know, but it's uh, you know that came out in what sixty three ish, something like that. No, it was early sixties. Um, but I mean, they've got uh, uh, Georgian uh, machine gun uh, teams. They've got British engineers. They've got Soviet engineers. You know, they've got U.S. Uh, specialists. You know, they're snipers, dogs. Spotters, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, they there's a, a whole plethora of stuff, and you know, I don't really game in this scale, but what? I'm, we'll have uh, to change pretty, that. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, could, hey, I could do some Yom Kippur in ten millimeter. There, there you go. Blink. I mean, there's. That's there's what I was a, asking about the Israelis. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in here. They've got Israeli one one three a two and and a three uh, versions. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's a there's a whole bunch of cool stuff in here. And, so, I'm sorry, uh, what was the name of the company again, Marty? Uh, Red Three Miniatures. Red Three. Uh, you, yep, Red Three. So if you're interested, you can go to their webpage, Red Three Miniatures. That's Red, the number three miniatures, all one word. dot co. dot uk, and uh, pull up uh, 
all those good stuff. And then they've got a bunch of accessories as well. So, uh, you know, it could be good scatter terrain. It mm-hmm. could just add flavor to your board. Uh, could be uh, uh, an objective marker. But, I mean, they've got, I mean, it's simple stuff like uh, pallets of petrol, uh, uh, you know, pallets of boxes, things like that. Uh, they've got stowage packs nice. uh, for the vehicle. So, yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff there. So Very cool. Thought I would share that, and it's you in know, one I, of my favorite scales. Impressed. I love the smaller scales, as you all know. So, Jim, I, you yeah. know, while we're sitting here listening to him talk about uh, stuff for like Arab-Israeli wars, you know, what we need to do is we need to do some um, of that in three mil scale, and then we could have a big desert battlefield, right? So, we could do some. I agree with you. I think I think ten is is most of my stuff is in fifteen, but uh-huh. I think ten is is about my favorite. Yeah. With miniatures, once you get down to six, okay, I you know I can definitely work with six. Uh-huh. Obviously, especially when using like GHQ or whatever. But right. honestly, and this is just my opinion, once you get down to three mm-hmm. or two mil, I'm I've I've jumped to hex encounters. <laughs> I mean, but that's just me because yeah. you know yeah, I, I, I am who I am. Very cool. But ten, I think I think ten, especially high quality ten uh-huh. modern vehicles when the vehicles tend to be larger. Um, you, you have, it's like that nice meeting ground between, you know, nice, a lot of elbow room in your scale yeah. and yeah, how big you can make your table. And also you still have good detail on the miniatures. Perfect. I, I agree. I tends kind of that sweet spot. I do like six because you get a little bit more feel of space, you know, and then I, I you know me, I, I like micro scale. So three mil, I, I do like the three mil cause you know, on a four by six table, it seems like a lot of territory. So, um, I do like that, you know, if I want to do bigger tank battles or something like that. So, but yeah, to, but I, I do get, you know, the hex encounter, you know me, I, I'm in the hex encounter camp. So, um, it's pretty awesome. All right, Marty, what's our next item? All right. So, uh, this is, uh, these are no particular order. So if you're like, how come there's no good Sedway to this? Because <laughs> this is just the way I pulled it up on my computer. Um, so we talked last time about, um, uh, uh, the Kickstarter from Tim Spakowski for uh, uh, Savage Frontier, uh-huh. and and he published on September first an actual official on Kickstarter update. Oh, it's about time! Yeah, yeah. So super exciting. So uh, it says that uh, they're working diligently to meet their fulfillment date of January 2022. Okay. Uh, all the molds are complete. Some figures are cast and are being sent to painters. Uh, he's got a. Uh, uh, a picture on there that uh, it's a group of miniatures below that he's painting uh, so that he can use them for pictures in the rule book. Uh, the rules are in the editing stage. He's working with uh, Steve Beckett. Uh, the rules, uh, he says, uh, will then be laid out for printing. Okay. Uh, all, all the mats have been printed and are ready to be packed. So if you've nice. got the mats and those look horrific, uh, those are uh, geek building uh, gaming mats. Nice. So, Good times, good times yeah. coming along. Well, so, you know what that means, happy. Marty. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to have to We need to get our asses get together and get our board started, right? Yeah. For people who may just be joining our podcast and may not have listened to previous uh, episodes, Savage Frontier is their French and Indian um, French and Indian War uh, expansion. Or not expansion, their French and Indian War game. Yeah, and specifically it's set in the winter. Right. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so we're going to build a winner table. That's kind of cool. Cause yeah. I've done one of those before. 
So yeah, looking forward to that. So uh, yeah, uh, thanks to Tim for posting that up. So uh, you know, uh, Bill and I, I know both backed uh, backed it. So yep. you know, we're <laughs> we're looking forward to getting our stuff in. The miniatures on there, are just I mean the. They're beautiful. Yeah, I mean, from what yeah. we've seen. Tim, if you're listening, you promised to send me a one or two for a, a painting night, you know, so I can live stream it. Dude. Yeah, Tim. Dude. Yeah. Where's the minis? Send us a, send us a little teaser, will you? Yeah. I only need one. So, all right. Yeah, I'm excited. So, we really need to start getting that project put together. Um, Yeah. I mean, Jim has done all the big projects well, this year. I, I'm kind of feeling like uh, we're really slacking this year. So, well, now that your schedule is hopefully going to uh, slow down and uh, you know have a have a little better, uh, uh, you know, be a little better regulated, be a little little more set. Yeah, uh, we can start working on that. Stuff. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. Uh, next up, just a quick message from uh, Impudent Mortal. Uh, and we talked about this uh, last podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, you know, John posted uh, a, a quick hello and on his Facebook page. Uh, the uh, web page has not been updated yet that I can tell, uh, but uh, uh, John is uh, on the Impudent Mortal uh, web page, or uh, Facebook page. So if you followed Impudent Mortal in the past. It's the same thing. It hasn't changed. Right. Uh, it's just that John's now the uh, the new owner, uh, and uh, he's been to a couple of shows with some impudent mortal stuff, uh, and uh, he's uh, getting getting things settled in over there with his uh, his new uh, new gig there as caretaker of impudent mortal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he says that he's going to be making a few small changes, not to freak out. Uh, but they are going to continue to produce uh, uh, all of the stuff that uh, Walt had previously. Right. So everything everything will keep going. However, they're going to offer some additional stuff. Yeah, uh, they're going to be offering uh, upgrade parts, as he calls them. So building interiors, wheels for vehicles, interiors for the starships that he had created, and this stuff will be uh, in resin yeah. to add uh, an extra dimension to the models, and then. Uh, and then he's looking forward to incorporating all this impudent mortal stuff uh, into his armies. And he's going to be at uh, uh, the Las Vegas Open. Uh, so you could see him there if you're going to uh-huh. be out that way. Uh, said stop by the booth and uh, say hi. I wonder if he's pulling double duty that day. Yeah, it'll be interesting just, uh, to see if how he's combining his duties as the U.S. North America, U.S. representative for Warlord with, uh, you know, impudent mortal. And for those who don't aren't familiar with Impotent Mortal, Impotent Mortal was a company that uh, created MDF terrain. Um, it was is not as it as I hate to use the word fancy, but it wasn't as detailed in some aspects as like some of the stuff Foreground makes or Black Sight Studios. Um, it was more you know develop. <laughs> it was more geared towards the everyday gamer who was looking for some nice terrain. At an affordable price, and that was easy to put together. And so, and and it met them. It met the mail on all of those things. Yeah. you know, it was fast and easy to assemble. It was really affordable. Yeah, you know, uh, you know. So, and you know, just just because we're saying that it uh, it uh, doesn't mean it wasn't a. Problem. I mean, like that rail station that uh, that they put together. Yeah, that that's a really 
really nice model. Yeah, it is. The you know, elevated tracks, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, you know, but I mean, like their cabins and stuff, I mean, yeah. that, that was something that you could put together in uh, a half hour. Easily. And yeah. then, and then uh, you know, if you wanted to, you could play, obviously you play it the, the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if, uh, you know, you were the one that uh, wanted to paint it up and give it a specific flavor, then have at it. There you go. So this is just even more motivation for me to finish the boxes of Impudent Mortal Terrain I have. I mean, I still have uh, the American Civil War set to finish uh, in 28 millimeter uh, that he sent me uh, when he was creating it to, you know, evaluate it. And unfortunately, it was right about the time he passed. Um, so I never yeah. got to talk to him about it. And then I have uh, the Grand Bearer Lodge, um, which is this huge 28 millimeter scale fantasy uh, tavern lodge. Um he sent me actually two kits, uh, one that uh, for me to keep, and then he was I had another kit for us to put together as a demo for him, you know, and fully paint it and decorate it and all that. And again, it was one of those things that him and I were shooting back and forth and how we wanted to do this. And then you know his I mean, time got away, my time got away, and then unfortunately he passed. So, yeah. So and then we still have a, the industrial range. I mean, the thing with the elevated platform, we still have a couple other pieces of that to go through as well so yeah uh we need to have a, a terrain party too i mean we got a lot of stuff yeah to do. i was gonna, it's gonna say we're gonna have to start adding days of the week with all these parties <laughs> you want to have all right very cool so you know maybe we can do a saturday night liver uh where we just build terrain you know so sure yeah, yeah. Very, very cool Absolutely. very cool all right so next up yep. uh from uh rubicon models okay uh First of all, Rubicon makes some really cool models. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I like their stuff. Uh, but uh, they are making their own uh, Vietnam War game. Yep. So uh, as you can imagine, Rubicon has an extensive uh, Vietnam range, and they keep adding to it. Uh, but they are in the uh, the alpha stage of uh, of creating their rule set, and you know if that's something that you're interested in. They have a group, a Facebook group specific to it, mm-hmm. so you can get in there and see what's going on. But they're they're kind of doing their their alpha testing as we speak. And uh, if you want to join uh, uh, developing uh, through to beta, uh, you can uh, join their uh, their group on Facebook and be a part of that. But uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So we're uh, we're looking forward to what comes out there and you know i think we're gonna have to do a jungle table nice because <laughs> that's what that's what we got to do is add more shit to our list right <laughs> but well, the, i can get up there with you i have a uh you know those boxes that uh, the paper reams come in the big uh, paper boxes you get from office depot uh-huh. yeah i've got one of those packed to the absolute gills you have to like squeeze the lid shut of uh, of jungle terrain. Nice. I have like I have like a I have like two hundred palm trees that I bought like a piece at a time. They cost like a dollar a piece. So I have like I have like about five hundred dollars worth of uh, jungle terrain, mostly trees and bushes. I've got some of those uh, those. Um, it's all in fifteen mil. Um, some of those like those hooches that uh-huh. you see. Yep. The buildings are all up on stilts. So when when the Mekong Delta starts to flood or something like that. I got a bunch of stuff I built for that. I got a lot of Vietnam terrain I've got from back in the day. Nice. Nice. So Sounds I like probably a cut table. Some, I could, I could, I could, Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm just saying I could probably cut some time off of a Vietnam table terrain. 
Sounds so, like uh, Dead President's Weekend. I was just going to say, right, Dead go. President's Weekend Vietnam table. Oh, yeah. Huh? Nice. Huh? Course, especially if we do that in February. February Tet Offensive is still going on. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, so we can make it like a little uh, anniversary kind of thing. Very Tying cool. it right in. Nice. All right. Very cool. Anything else, right, Marty, for the, news? Uh, my final uh, item, which is really just a little blurb, because uh, it's kind of a teaser, because uh, that's what they've been doing to us. So uh, our good friend, uh, Robert Salters, who uh, uh, owns and operates uh, Table Salt Design, uh, he is the uh, author of Battle Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so solo modern game as you guys know i I enjoy very much and for the last two weeks he he has just been hinting at stuff is uh you know something big is coming you know there's uh and and he's really kind of done a good job by it because he's like incoming transmission stand by for urgent sit rep well okay i am the urgent sit rep what is it (laughs) and he's like well, attention, team, be on standby to support the mission. Spread the word. Full details on uh, uh, dropping on September 6th. So, uh, and then he posts standby to standby. And I'm like, oh, it's just like the Army. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> standby to standby. I remember that. <laughs> like, this, is, this ain't cool. Uh, so there, there's a couple of theories on what it might be. Uh, he was uh, in negotiations to create a deluxe box set. Ooh. So maybe that's what it is maybe. um you know another uh another fan theory was uh perhaps it's just a uh, uh a hard copy of the rule book and a compendium with the expansions all in it uh-huh. which again would that that'd be cool that'd be cool but uh yeah we we won't know until uh until monday apparently so so robert if you're listening stop messing with me brother right i, I gotta know Exactly. I got no. I'm super, super excited to see what's uh, what's coming out there. And that, my friends, is the news. Thank you, sir. All right, Jim. So we're, you're doing yep. uh, Red Dragon tomorrow as your wargaming yep. live stream. So I want to make sure we remind everybody of that. Uh, what time are you going live, sir? Uh, we'll be live at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I guess it's 1 p.m. your time. Uh huh. And uh, midnight, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, UK time. Is it a bank holiday for him this weekend? Typically, the uh, bank holidays kind of follow around our holidays sometimes. So. I don't remember. I know some friends of mine had yesterday off. Yeah. So, all right. So maybe it's Friday to Monday or whatever. I don't, I don't I actually don't know. All right, cool. All right, so topic time. Solo Wargaming. How, when, why, what's the best way, right? So if you caught my disaster of a live stream, you know, replacement for Jim last Sunday, I tried to play, um, what the heck is that game called, Marty? Um, Shock Force 2. Combat mission, Shock Force 2. Bill gets murdered and First Platoon never comes back. Exactly. I got my ass handed to me. So, you know, I I saw it on, you know, because this is what, here's how this developed. So Jim usually does a really great stream on Sundays, and it's typically, you know, a Hex Encounter format and um, or token format, you know, in lieu of miniatures, like if we're doing Sit Rep Skirmish. and um, Like, like, like uh, virtual miniatures. Yeah, kind of virtual miniatures. So I'm like, you know what? I wonder what's out there that's available for download 
you know, modern war gaming, um, you know, that uh, can be solo played that gives you the flavor of playing a miniatures game without being a video game, but more of a simulation and uh, would be interesting for people to watch and maybe, you know, consider playing whatever, you know, options for playing when you can't play with others. So I came across this um, on Slytherin, you know, where we get our Valor and Victory from. And, uh, it, you know, it was called Shock Force 2, you know, modern combat in, you know, armor and all that stuff, right? Mechanized infantry. So I'm like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And so I downloaded it and, you know, and I'm going through the rules. I, I, I mean, I actually was, you know, thought I was prepared. And then I get start playing this mission, you know, and, it, and it, I picked a small mission and technically somewhat easy. And um, I got my ass handed to me. I don't think I ever really got out of starting yet. I don't know if I actually killed anything. You know, I mean, I saw a lot of smoke, but I don't know if I actually killed anything. Um, all I know is, is it was so frustrating because I was I was in M1s, you know, M1A1s, and um, I could not get anything. I could not get past the, the deployment line. Um, I just kept getting my the ass handed to T72s me. T-72s were tearing you up. Yeah, they were. And I'm like going, what the hell? So, you know... And, and, you know, and as I'm watching our streaming, you could see our uh, audience count. Obviously, as I'm getting my ass handed to me, it would go up, it goes down, it goes up. It's, you know, typical stuff. It, I mean, that's really not much of an indicator. But, you know, I wonder if people are like, damn, that game ain't that fun. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly, I think I have to try it some more. But the, the point being is options for solo gaming. Um, you know, obviously, computers have stepped up and really kind of fill the notch for when you want a solo game, but I'll, I'll be honest with you playing against AI isn't as much fun as playing against another person, you know, whether you're doing it remotely or, you know, face to face. Um, but you know, when you're playing by yourself, you know, and that's the only option you have, it's nice to have options. So, um, Marty, I know you have a favorite that you like to solo play. Why don't you give us a quick, yep. you know, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of battle space. That's, yeah. you know, that, that, that's the only reason why they made the news, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Mr. M- Mr. Teaser there. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I enjoy that game. Um, it is, uh, uh, it's small scale. doesn't mm-hmm. require, uh, a bunch of miniatures unless, uh, you know, the AI will dictate if new, uh, bad guys come on the board. Yeah. And I'm really good at, uh, not doing well and getting lots and lots of bad guys on the board. So I actually had to get more because, even recycling my, my bad guys, my first few games, I didn't have enough. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I'm like, oh, I've got like 15 of them. That'll be fine. Yeah, I've got like 34 of the first game. I'm like, ooh, ooh, yeah. okay. This yeah, is- if you got better at killing them, then you could recycle them again. Oh. Right? I'm telling you. No, it was, oh, it was, it wasn't so, uh, so much that I wasn't good at killing them. It, they came faster than I could get to them to kill them. <laughs> You know, because like they enter on the far side of the board. Well, I've got no line of sight. They've got no line of sight. So it's three turns before I see them. Yeah. Meanwhile, each of those three turns, I brought on another five to six dudes. Yeah. So, that's a little. That's a little kid on the roof. You can't see with a cell phone. <laughs> uh, right. Right. Absolutely. The imperialist dogs are coming. Call all our cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Here they go. <laughs> They're in the open on the main street. Tell everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, there's a good option right there. So, yeah. 
Uh, you know, and then uh, a lot of uh, a lot of skirmish games last year, uh, in particular, uh, came out with some version of uh, solo rules uh-huh. because they knew that you know everyone was getting locked down and pandemic was preventing people from getting together and whatnot. Right. But uh, people still wanted to play, and let's face it, uh, you know, for solo gaming, you can you can play both sides. You can just play a regular game, and you're you're both teams. But yeah, then you're both teams. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are ways to do that. I mean, it just requires a little bit of extra work. Yeah, um, yeah. you got to randomize the enemy. We we have we had a brief discussion about this on um, on Warren's radio show once, where it's like, how do you how do you do? We, we, it wasn't really about solo gaming. It was about AI. How do you do AI in games where you can set up the enemy force and have like some sort of AI system? Uh, play the enemy force for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, uh, you guys probably know about this. Um, in fact, I know you do. Uh, like the, uh, the five basic operational postures. Um, and you put the enemy in that posture as, um, what's the word, uh, as is appropriate to the scenario. And we're talking about like defend, delay, um, either probe or advance the contact, whatever you want to call it, like meaning engagement. That's number three, attack and assault. And um, you had like a certain amount of actions that were, you know, appropriate to that uh, posture. And then you would, you know, had rules for when the enemy would shift posture, like if you hit certain trigger points. And um, it's easy to do. Also, on a lot of uh, traditional two-player games, especially um, the hex and counterplay games that we like to, uh, that sometimes we like to play, there are certain scenarios that you can either design or that come out in expansions or in the original set that are very conducive to solitaire play. Yeah. Especially when, um, like maybe one side or the other is in a very fixed defense. A lot of Pacific games can be very, very solitaire friendly. A lot of Arab Israeli war games can be very solitaire friendly because one side do the Egyptians in the middle East or the Japanese in the Pacific, they set up a, you know, God awful hedgehog defense and then it's, you know, can you break that defense? You know, you, you spend like half the day setting up the enemy defense as best you can, um, doing your honest best to set up, you know, an impregnable and airtight defense. Yeah. And then you kind of turn the chess table around and you say, okay, now can I break that? Um, so there's, there's definitely a lot of options for solitaire play without, you know, nothing against, you know, table salts or anything, but even without getting into certain kinds of games that are specifically made to be solitaire. And one last option before I shut up is something that Jen and I used to play back when there was a local gaming club nearby us, uh, Warfighter. Oh, yeah. Warfighter is a is a cooperative game. So almost any game that is meant to be cooperative, there's a lot of them out there, can be uh, adapted to solitaire play very easily because it's kind of meant to be – I mean – a cooperative game is kind of like a solitaire game. You're just not by yourself, if that right. makes any sense. Yeah, it's already it's, it's, it's already meant to only have players AI on one side of the it. table. Yeah, yeah and, and Warfighter, Advanced Warfighter, is a is a great little game. Uh, it comes with an absolute assload of cards. I think we got like three thousand cards in that deck. I mean, it's a huge, huge game. Yeah, but yeah, it's got cards for everything, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I have it. I've yet to play it. Surprise. Um, yeah. Chris, do you have a, a preferred solo type game that you like? Uh, no, not really. If uh, it's time for that, it's 
I got enough computers around the house I could find one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, go-to for solo play is going to be kind of computerized. So, uh, Jess, what do you like to, you know, play when you have a chance? I'm assuming more computer-based. Yeah, when you're... When you're when you're playing with yourself, Jesse, <laughs> how does that go? <laughs> uh, no, I mean I haven't really had a lot of time to do any solo anything. Kids, no. I mean I all my Warhammer stuff's either collected dust or been destroyed by my kids now. Yeah. Um. I mean, solo wargaming. I'm. I don't know, I'm trying to find any good RTSs for computer-based gaming, like any strategy games, but there aren't too many out or coming out nowadays because it's not a very popular game anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Company of Heroes is finally releasing a, a third game. It's only been 10 years, but uh, that's probably the most exciting-looking RTS. It's going to be kind of realistic with cover systems and stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one called, uh, what was it called? I can't remember, Iron Banner or something. It, it came out and it was like a alternate reality to World War One. if like the Germans won World War One and everything was steampunk. Mm. So instead of having tanks, they had walkers. And so it was the Rusviets, the, so, um, the, I don't remember what the Germans are called and the Americans, but they all are fighting against each other in walkers instead of tanks. Sounds like dust. Kind of. It's very similar <laughs> to dust. They have their own board game now. They actually just released. So I, you guys might have seen it in podcasts somewhere or forums or anything. Hmm. I just can't think of the name. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's always options for solo play. You know, one that came to mind that we've kind of created ourselves that's excellent for solo play. Benghazi, 13 hours, right? It was Marty and I yep. were the good guys, we, and we had an AI component playing the bad guys. So, yep. you know, um, you know, and that came out of Jim's hard work with Sit Rep Skirmish and then everything else that we put into that. So, you know, while we used the foundation of Skirmish Sangin, when it came down to it, we kind of pretty much – just took that as like the foundation and then just created our own rules. Yeah. We, yeah, we kind of homebrewed a a lot of the, so a lot of that, uh, because, well, somebody had to control the the bad guys. Right. You know, and I thought it worked pretty well, you know, as far as assets coming on the, or bad guys coming on the board, how they, you know, interacted and, you know, the building catching on fire and all that. So, I mean, for something that we, you know, hadn't play tested a ton outside of what Jim did at play testing on the transit game, you know, um, I thought it worked pretty well. Yeah. yeah. And essentially that was a, a cooperative game, yeah. if you will, yeah. you know, with you and I operating the, uh, the good guys and yeah. then, uh, the AI operating the bad guys. And fortunately, uh, we had some really, uh, skilled high level operators on our team because whew, <laughs> the, the AI was, throwing it at us and right. i forget which one i think it was teague that was uh stuck at the gate i yeah. mean he he literally had one of his uh one of his comrades on his back and he's like doing hand-to-hand battle with like teams of two and three that kept streaming in on him right I mean, another problem we had with uh, another little problem we had with that was if you guys remember maybe our viewers do as well 
we had the system set up where the outcome of the transit game would yield like a certain uh, dice code of yeah. insurgents to actually appear. Yeah. And if everyone kind of remembers the movie, you know, there's not many bad guys attacking the compound. Not many, not many. Okay. Now there's a few, now there's a lot. Now there's a holy shit. Look at all those <laughs> guys, you know, and then it starts to subside a little bit, yep. you know, and uh, cause you know, they, they get done looting. They, they steal everything that's, that's valuable. Uh, they set the place on fire and you know, now they run away. The problem was if we waited that long, the fire continues to develop and, um, you know, more people inside the compound are going to start to, you know, become uh, endangered by flames, by smoke inhalation, by, you know, so it's like a risk management system where it's like, if you get there too soon, you're going to run into a compound that's being overrun by, you know, dozens and dozens of, of uh, insurgents. Yeah. Or if you wait too long, okay, the insurgents are all gone. It's nice and safe for you. But now everyone in the compound has already, you know, passed away because of smoke and everything else. Yeah. So we got there. I, I tried to get there. I was playing the, um, uh, the GRS guys, I got there on like turn seven or turn six, which is like one minute faster than the original guys did. Um, I think they took seven minutes to get there historically. Each turn was a minute. And then I was like, okay, we wanted to make sure we got there, you know, while the ambassador was still in pretty good shape because we were trying to change history, obviously, but there's still a lot of bad guys depending on the die roll. But you know what? Maybe it's acceptable. You know what? Let's just hope we roll well. And it was like 3D20 plus 10 or something. Yeah. And my 3D20 were like 18, 17, and 19 or something. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, oh, man, Bill, Bill's going to kill me, man. <laughs> He's getting overrun by a company. Of <laughs> yeah, I think we started with the max. We said, oh, we'll never have this many guys on the table at once. Boom. All on the table yeah, we, at once. It, yeah, I mean, we had. I think we had 56 on the table at one time. Yeah. It was 50-something, as I recall. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I, the nice thing is, it all flowed very well from the transit game into the miniatures game. You know, it it it, it didn't seem like there's this 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 disconnect, and that we had to kind of make that leap into the the next phase. It worked. I think it worked really well. Um, and you know, and the rules kind of carried over into the, from the the virtual uh, transit game into the actual miniatures game and it, it worked um i yeah. thought it worked really well yeah and uh you know i i really like the the component where the transit game uh end result set the starting conditions yep. for the tabletop game yes you know i i didn't i didn't like all the dudes that were there <laughs> but if you know but I thought that was a, a good way of doing it. Uh, you know, I so, was doing the best I can. I was like, I know. got him there. I got all the GRS guys there. I think one was lightly wounded. Get, was like a, a bullet creased his shoulder or something. Yeah, that's what hell bent on blowing you up. <laughs> I got everyone there on time. I got everyone there in pretty good shape. The ambassador was okay. Okay. I did everything. Gaz is crying. It's all good. Now it's time to roll yeah. for how many insurgents. And up oh, there it goes. Right out the, All that work right out the window. There's like, you know, 1400 insurgents over on the obviously uh damn near the max number of possible insurgents yeah um i was like whoops well sorry guys i did everything else right but not that and that role was on camera too i couldn't like fudge it or anything yeah. everybody saw that <laughs> that's all right oh, that's not an 18 that's an eight <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean 
No, I, it worked out well. I thought um, it really provided a challenge. You know, it didn't seem like too easy because if we had rolled low and had low numbers, it might have been just too easy. You know what I mean? Um, you know, because our guys were really, really effective in their in their jobs. So yeah, um, yeah, because they, yeah, they were much higher level, much higher skilled than yeah. their opponent. So uh, thankfully, yeah, they needed to be. <laughs> they needed to be. I, I thought, uh, you know, the mechanic we had for, you know, the timing of when the building went up in flames and smoke. And I thought that all worked pretty well, um, you know, and it was nice that we were flexible enough to adjust some of the rules on the fly as we're playing it. As we say, hey, this doesn't make sense. Let's do this. And, you know, so, I mean, that is the thing. And I guess we could kind of segue into another topic, you know, and this might really get Jim perked up, is play testing and game creation, right? Because um, Jim had come up with the transit game, and then we rolled it into the miniatures game, and we are literally play testing as we're playing the game, you know, making adjustments and how do we improve this game or how do we improve this rule or this mechanic. And so people who got to observe this whole thing going on and I, and to be honest with you, I'd like to revisit that because I know our video really got cut up, um, from the last year's, um, I'd love to do it again so we could have a better streamlined game and a better video. Um, so, but, uh, it it was interesting for people to be able to see how there's a lot of play testing. Do you know that I was thinking about this the other night, Jim, uh, we do a lot of game creation play testing on this channel. A lot. We'll be, we'll be doing some more very shortly yeah. with uh, that Valorant Victory Stalingrad release. Yeah. Everything's done. Everything's set up. Uh, I've sent it off to the publishers, and now it's just a play test, play test, play test. Um, the play testing is not going to be 100% accurate because, mm-hmm. as, we, as we've seen, uh, Bill, you and I, when we play Valorant Victory, uh, the Slytherin video game release, yeah. the way certain mechanics of the game work are a little different, i.e. selecting casualties and how they get whatever resolved. So there are a few differences, so it's not going to be perfect, but I'm trying to get these 12 scenarios. These are going to be DLC. It's going to be a DLC campaign I've designed for Yobo games, Matrix games, Slytherin games. It's going to be available for players to uh, download and try out um, when Phase 2 of Valorant Victory comes out. either later this year or early next year. Yeah. So right now, it's not all the rules. It's just infantry and some vehicles. No artillery, you'll notice. No snipers, no airstrikes, um, no Valorous units. There's a whole bunch of stuff that isn't in the game yet. Trust me, this is, you know, I, I've, I've literally got it from the, you know, the, the behind-the-curtain source. It is coming. It's going to be in version 2 of the release. Um, that's also going to expand the war into the Eastern Front. Nice. So there's going to be all kinds of Eastern Front stuff that you can do uh, with the Soviets and the Germans and maybe even some allied uh, Axis states, who knows. Um, but one thing that I know is definitely going to be uh, rolling out with that is a DLC campaign that you can uh, purchase and download. And that's going to be a strictly 12 scenarios that walk you through all the highlights of Stalingrad. Yeah. August of 42 to February of 43, technically. Um and those scenarios are going to be play tested, and some of them have already been play tested with my friend Piotr, and we're going to be doing some more play testing of this live on the SIPREP channel um, later on this month. Nice. So Excellent. yeah, we're 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 doing a lot of play testing. We do a lot of gaming design, cool. and not just for our dining room tables, but also out in the actual industry. We are kind of 
stepping up as the song goes. So, you know, think about it, guys, if you look at it. So Jim created a whole rule expansion for Valor and Victory for Modern Warfare that he published up. It's on Board Game Geek, right, Jim? Um, it's on Board Game Geek. It's on um, it's on our Discord. Yeah, it's yep. all over. Yeah, so uh, when we get our actual website put up, we'll have um, a rules, documentation, publishing. Jim, I think we need to go into the publishing business, my friend. Um, you know, we have our uh, I have publishing been there. house. So. I, I have been there and done that. You yeah. know, as much as hard work as you're putting into it, you know, and I can do the resource side and, uh, you know, you might as well get something for your hard work, my friend. Um, uh, I'm getting a little, I don't want to talk about it too much, but there's, <laughs> yeah. So there, I, there's, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not quite quitting my day job yet, but it's, <laughs> it's getting there. But you think about it, you have that. So you have the, the modern expansion for Valor and Victory, which when you sent me the copy, the, you know, when you first had it ready to go out, and I'm looking at this going, holy shit, this looks like like professional. And I mean, now I know it. it's the, the standard of the Ariskany. And, you know, um, and then we have Skirmish Sit Rep. You have, yeah. uh, what was it, uh, the tank one, um, Sabo. Uh, Battle Carry Sabo. Yeah, Battle Carry Sabo. Isn't ready oh. yet, but it's, it's kind oh. of, a, yeah. And then you have your a American. Lot of work to get the yeah, and you have the American Revolution one. Um, so oh yeah, um, uh, Battlefield Revolution. Yeah, so I Battlefield mean, Rebellion actually. Yeah, so yep, guys, we you know it's not it's not really modern warfare, but Dark Star is the granddaddy of them all. Exactly, but what I'm saying is there's a lot of content. So I, now I'm feeling like a slacker, and I'm like, damn, Jim's writing all this crap. I should actually do something. So um, you know, why well, you got to call it crap? What's the plan? No, you know what I mean. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, damn, you know? Um, so yeah, it's like, I, we really need to like formalize this, organize this and, you know, need to start working on some other I, items that, you know, we have to think about what could we do to expand out on this because there's so much potential and it's just amazing how much input and things that have been added to gaming from the podcast standpoint, and especially from Jim's writings, um, that we have contributed over the three years. So, yeah. You know, I love to see where people would like to see things go next, um, you know, in, in game creation. So, basically, my point was, getting back to the original thought, is that we have done a lot of playtesting and game rule creation and system creation on this channel, you know? Um, it's almost like we have this secondary mission of not only doing wargaming in quote-unquote modern but rules game system creation playtesting is a secondary objective so you know if you think about that there's a lot of it has also been just to enable remote gaming yes it even before have. covid yeah. it was it was tough to actually get you know around the table yeah i mean and, you know run a, a traditional game yeah, I mean, you know, uh, set rep skirmish, you know, uh, we did it virtually, you know, with uh, the, the uh, tokens, the, uh, you know, um, virtual miniatures. Um, and then we took that and actually Jesse and Cody played it on the tabletop, you know, last time they were and, here. And we've, uh, we've kind of done it in reverse as well. We've taken a virtual game and played it. Uh, physically with yeah. sit rope skirmish like you were talking about and we've done the reverse a couple of times we took um what was that contact front yep and we played that which yep. is an actual miniature game 20 yep. millimeter miniature game and we played that virtually with you know virtual counters 
And I thought that or worked. I should say virtual miniatures. I thought that yeah. worked really well, and that was an excellent, excellent option for people who, uh, let's be honest, like Chris, who don't want to paint shit or can't paint, you know, whatever he wants to say. But it yep. gets them, here Here you go. You can play this rule set. Here are your miniatures. Here's your terrain. You know, go for it, right? So, um, or if all my friends live in Chicago or Cleveland or Germany or the UK or, mm-hmm. you know, we can't just go down to the club and say, you know, let's chuck some dice, sadly. Right. Exactly. So it gives a, uh, it worked really well. And so I think uh, it's it's been really amazing. So. Yeah, um, I'd love to see where it goes from here. And, uh, you know, just more ideas and, you know, have to look at that. Got to get this website put together. Got to get this up and running. Um, you know, because I, you know, we have the games, we have the rules. I still have merch I got to get finished and so much, so much to do and not enough time, really. I mean, it takes on its own life. You could do this full time, you know, seriously, if if you could somehow find an income from it. So at least a stand, you know, <laughs> right. income, right? So, um, yeah. So there's just so much out there. So guys, uh, and I'm talking to everybody out there listening, guys, gals, throw your ideas in the comments. Let us know if there's something you'd like to see or some genre or some conflicts or some battles, you know, something that you'd like to see the team tackle. Uh, we're looking for some projects. We do have a project in the works though. Um, you know, that's our butter bar to four stars. Um, we still have to get the guys together and do our live stream where we hash out the details. You know, Jim, this also led me to think, what if we started everybody at this sit rep skirmish as the, the first, you know, levels, the lieutenant level and the captain level? What if we use those um, set? Yeah. We've also had some people asking on various uh, channels, either in YouTube, emails, or Discord, if they want to, and I don't want to get, I don't want to derail the conversation here, but just no, no, so people ahead. know that I am, that I am listening and I am taking this, this, these ideas to the team. Uh, one gentleman is definitely interested in sit rep, but he wants to start off at the very end of world war two okay. as a lieutenant and then go through Korea and Vietnam. All right. Now he's only talking about three conflicts. He's only going to make it to maybe Lieutenant Colonel, but um, yeah, in other words, he, he, just in case anyone out there, just in case this sounds like, Holy crap! I'm going to do a 35 year campaign or whatever. You know, it's you don't have to do the whole thing. Like right. there, are, there are already some people who are talking about doing pieces of it, um, or maybe slightly different timelines. And the timeline that we have set up is built. What we already kind of hashed it out a couple of episodes ago, where it's deliberately set up to be very open and very flexible. Yes. Um, we're kind of setting it up by periods, not by individual conflicts. You can be in whatever nation you want. You can be in any branch of the service you want. We'll, 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 we'll definitely figure it out. Yeah. We'll definitely make it work for you. Most definitely. Cause it, it's, it's really meant as a community project. It's not meant as, oh, you have to do it. This it's so regimented. This is this, 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 no, it's really, okay. This is the idea. We're throwing it into the pot. Now you throw your part into the pot. We stir it all up and see what comes out. Right. So the objective is to start out as a lowly second lieutenant or equivalent thereof and get as high as you can within so many conflicts. So that's what we've got to hammer out. We've talked about it at ad nauseum in the last podcast, um, but now it's sitting down and creating the manual, the FM, the TM, whatever we want to call it, right? Um, right. And uh, 
you know, I was already thinking about designing a cover, you know, that says FM three, five dash, whatever blood, whatever, um, you know, that kind of make it look kind of cool and then going from there. So, but we need to hammer out the who's, what's, when's and where's, you know, more than just the spitballing we did the other day, but putting it on the paper so we can make that file available to everybody. So they have the guidelines and, uh, we can go from there, but, uh, yeah, uh, but we're looking for other projects. I mean, obviously, Marty and I have the winter table. Uh, we've got yep. to get together. Uh, I'd like to get that done sooner than later so we can tweak it if necessary. Um, but, yeah, we are looking for the next project. I think, honestly, we need to start putting out true feeler. See, it's hard right now because of this freaking COVID rearing its ugly head again. Uh, about, you know, we did this last year. We're going to do, you know, last year it was St. Valentine's Massacre gaming weekend. Now we're doing the Dead Presidents weekend. Um, but every time we start talking about freaking COVID gets in the way. Um, so we had a message uh, to the uh, to the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, and if I was, uh, you know, not a dork, I'd probably just fire up the Facebook page. <laughs> but uh, I am. So uh, my apologies. But uh, a guy that lives in Evanston. So okay. not far from, from us. He's like, hey. I'm looking for some some local war gamers who wants to play a game with me. <laughs> so I, I responded back to him like, "Hey, you know, we might be able to do a little something. You know, check out HMGS Midwest. Here's another club that's uh, that's local to us, but they're, you know, it's out of Lockport or Homer Glen, so mm-hmm. not really local to him. That that probably be a solid hour drive for him, right? But in the grand scheme of things, not horrible. And then, oh, by the way." Uh, if you go to our friendly local game store, Games Plus, up in Mount Prospect, you know, uh, really between like our house and his house, Mount Prospect's kind of in the middle. Yeah. And that's where HMGS games. Yeah. So, you know, might ha- might ha- might have the opportunity there, but there's there's folks around here that are that are interested. They want to do some stuff. Nice. So hope so. You know, this COVID thing would just you know. Cool as jets. We could could do some stuff. But yeah, I mean, I still, I'm going to, now that I'm off for several days, uh, I'm going to sit down and hammer out some details for uh, Dead President's Weekend. You know, at least get that groundwork and see if there's interest in it, you know, and uh, we can go from there. Um, Because, you know, last year was a big bummer because we had several people coming in from all over that, you know, we're going to uh, join us for the weekend. So it'd be really nice to get everybody together and get some gaming in and having a good time. And, uh, you know, and and there were a couple of folks at, uh, at little wars that, uh, when we were there at the end of April, that were, uh, folks that uh, were interested in, in doing something like that as well. Yeah. uh, That had wanted to go that mentioned, Hey, you know, shame that we couldn't pull that off. Exactly. Well, it's always next year. Yep. We'll have to see. So we'll have to just keep uh, keep it going. So, yeah. Um, any final thoughts for you guys before we close out the show today? It's a little bit slow of a, a news week and activity week, you know, as the national holiday and summer wraps down here in the U.S. Um, and across the world, you know, Northern Hemisphere. We're, we're now transitioning into the season of death. That's what I call fall because everything dies. Um so oh, see down here in Florida, it's the opposite. We're just, you know, we got like one more month of hurricane season. Yeah. And then we all come back to life. Yeah. 
summer is the day is the is the season when we all hide inside and game all the time. Winter is when you won't hear from me because we're all out the beach. Right. So uh, yeah, um, just a lot of stuff to get caught up on, and we want to thank everybody who's been following. And we've Jim, have you seen our numbers climbing again there, my friend, on our YouTube channel? Yes. Slowly but surely, yeah. it's definitely moving in the right direction again. So, so thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your gaming buddies. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. Um, be on the lookout for a web page to come so- shortly, and you know we'll get that organized up and want to make sure that you guys have all the opportunities for gaming and all that goodness and all those things. And hopefully as things start settling down, there will be you know some – um, better production. I got to get over to the home studio, the video studio um, over at Chris's, and so we can get all that running smoothly and transitioning. And uh, they're doing a great job, but you know, uh, it's hard when you just throw it at them. Go here, do this. You know, and you don't have a lot of time to work with them to get everything up and running exactly as we need. Yeah. It. But uh, you know, yeah, it's all Bill's fault. Yeah, it's all my fault. I take, I take the. Yeah. Bill. So. Yeah. It, it, it has nothing to do with me not figuring out how to do exposure and white balance. <laughs> <laughs> so. I thought it looked good, and then I tried to show a white piece of paper. That did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was very white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The problem is you can't tell there's writing on it. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we got to finish the Alamo because we got to – the nice thing about that Sarissa Precision uh, terrain is, you know, not only can you use it as the actual Alamo – but you can use it for like Middle East and you know villages and things like that. So with just little tweaks here and there. Uh, but right. I, I still would like to battle the Alamo. That'd be cool. Um, and we still have some Wild West stuff to do. Uh, we need to film a couple Wild West games, you know, and go there. Yep. So a lot to do, and not enough time to do it in. Story of everybody's lives these days. All right. So round table. Any final thoughts, Mr. Wimmer? Nope. Thank you for your input as always, sir. Not a problem. Marty? Well, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to work on our on our table there for uh, Savage Frontier. Yeah. So that that'll be that'll be cool. Most and definitely. uh you know, uh you know, uh, grinding up the sausage and making our uh, butter bar to four star. You know, that, uh, that's going to be another cool thing. And, you know, I think that's a really good opportunity for uh, some community engagement. And the folks got the uh, thoughts, you know. Yeah. Reach out to us. Yeah, please. Jesse, thank you for joining us on the show. You got any final thoughts there, sir? Uh, no, I do not. That's my son. Quiet as always. Jim, what you got for us? Uh, not a whole lot here. Just remember to tune in tomorrow to watch me blow the USS Ronald Reagan in half. Center to the bottom of Taiwan Strait. Oh, you know it's true. Whoa. Whoa. Risking Whoa. always plays the bad guys. You communist-loving. Love That's right. <laughs> Damn. If you run the game, you're usually playing the bad guys. And you know what? By now, I'm used to it. Uh, yeah, well, somebody's got to play the bad guys. And remember, history is always written by the winners. So... It right. is true. You know? So, um, you know, final thoughts for me is, guys, you know, I want to say a big thank you to everybody. And, um, you know, I'm talking to the people out there listening that follow us, but especially a big thank you to the team members um, because we do this out of the love and fun of gaming. And trust me, the, there's not some 
sometimes there's not a lot of love and fun in producing content. It's a lot of heavy yeah. lifting, right? Um, it's a second job. Yeah. You know, so the content creation part can be extremely daunting and, and uh, overwhelming. And, you know, so, you know, especially when you're doing it. Experimental. When you have, experimental. Especially when you have <laughs> full-time jobs and full-time families and all the other commitments to come and do this on top of it and get content out. It, it's a sign of true dedication to your passions and hobbies. So uh, much appreciated for everybody because, you know, we are now three years into this project. Um, so we just hit our three-year anniversary last month. So um, thank you guys for following along on this uh, as we drive on to getting that 1,000 subscribers. Please help us get to 1,000 subscribers. Um, you know, because then, then what happens, you know, if you're not aware – is on YouTube. Once you hit a thousand subscribers, uh, you start are eligible for revenue, and that will help us cover costs of you know everything that we pay for to produce, and hopefully get us some better materials for future projects. So, uh, anything you guys can do to help us get there would be much appreciated. Uh, so this is Bill for the rest of the Sit Rep Podcast team. We want to thank you for joining us tonight or today, I should say, and uh, we wish you well, and we will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Citrep Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Remember to join us every other weekend for a new episode of the podcast. And don't forget our other programming on Wednesdays and Sundays. Thanks for listening. 